everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm ready for Christmas. Seriously, it's still 90 degrees here every day. I want some nice cold weather, and I want my presents, dang it. I mean, I can buy you a present. That's true. You always buy me very wonderful presents. I'm, Usually I'm, board games that I don't get to play enough. I'm a, I'm a, there's some games I really want, Matt, but they're expensive. Wireboard well, games, yeah, so, I bet. Wire games so expensive. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Appreciate all the people support us. It makes the show possible. Please check that out. I encourage you to do so. Our episode this week is Griff of the Magi, episode B-A-B-F-07. Originally aired December 19th, 1999. Written by Tom Martin. His first full-length episode. He had pitched in on... What was it? Uh, have it co-written both Sunday, Cruddy Sunday, with... Uh, with a bunch of people. Yeah, we, we need to talk, Mr. Uh, whatever your name is. We need to make Tom, sure that Tom you... Martin? Uh, oh. Yes, yes. We need, to, we need to make sure that you don't bring any uh, experience from that particular episode. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Matthew. Nasdaq is rating a 7.6. It's roughly 7.7 million viewing households. The chalkboard gag, I will not sell my kidney on eBay. That's true. Everyone knows there's a specialized market for kidneys. Come on. Yeah, it's, you know, dark web. <laughs> there was a dark web back then. They Someone did try and sell a kidney on eBay. I mean, it went up to like $5 million. How did that go? And then it got canceled because eBay pulled it because it's illegal to sell your organs. What? Shouldn't, can't, I mean, people do it, but it's not legal. Uh, the couch gag, uh, the family slides down a fire pole to the couch. However, Homer gets stuck in the hole and flails about helplessly. Because that's our Homer. Yep. It's all right. It's fine. It's basic. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, the episode guest stars Tim Robbins as Jim Hope, Clarence Clemens as the narrator, Gary Coleman as himself, and Joe Montagna as Fat Tony. i forgotten that Tim Robbins was ever on the show. Me too. And I don't know why. Like, Clarence Clemens does a fine job as a narrator. Why Clarence Clemens? He's the mm-hmm. if, if you don't know who that is he does the, have a very narratory voice. He's a saxophone player for the Bruce for Bruce Springsteen, famously. Um, really, now, now oh. past, but and he has a good voice. I just don't know why they specifically went. Oh, we'll get him. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. The episode begins with uh, an ozone hole over Springfield. Sure. Oh, yeah, that, that's absolutely how the ozone hole works. It's just a hole where it's really, really bright and powerful. So, you know, and it moves. It's, it's totally mobile. That's that's how that works. It's fine. Um, the kids, because it's so hot, it's outside, are stuck inside. Uh, and they are bored. So Bart and Milhouse try and come up with things to take up the time. Oh, I am so bored. Oh, I can't wait till we're teenagers. Then we'll be happy. Well, we could play Clam Traffic Jam or the game of County Seats. Aw, the zoning disc is warped. All right, silly string. <laughs> Look, your Millhouse. Who wets their bed now? Millhouse. <laughs> I'll be in my room. There's got to be something fun in my parents' closet. Want to dress up like ladies? Uh, wouldn't that make us kind of fruity? What's the matter? Scared you might like it? I'll show you who's scared. 
Oh, wow. This really hides my thighs. <laughs> Sisters are doing it for themselves. Hey, why is this door locked? Oh, no, it's Dad. <laughs> What's going on? And I want a non-gay explanation. Uh, we're drunk. Really drunk. Oh, thank God. What was that game that Lisa had that was the political? Uh, the game of county seats. I, I, Is it bad that I want to play that game? No, because I want to, too. That sounds like a very interesting game. I, I would actually really enjoy reading the rules for that. There is a... There is a it's like, oh, what? Do you have to politicize this out and shake some hands and, and win you know seats in the city uh, county councils? There is a German board game that is exactly that, unsurprisingly. Oh, my gosh. D... I don't want to say I, my German accent is terrible and my German pronunciation is worse. D. Mature? 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 Macher? I don't know. I don't it know is, how to spell it, so I can't help you there. It's M A C H E R. I think Macher is pretty close. Okay. That's, and that, that's a, it is, it is a German, it's an old German game actually from the 80s that's been reprinted multiple times, but, um, I'm, which is, seems like a game that's also right up Lisa's alley. Bart breaks his butt. Which you do when you fall off the bed. Yeah, I'll lean on a bowling ball. Not great. Um, so his butt is broken. Cracked cracked his butt. Uh, he goes to the hospital. Everyone sees Bart's butt because it's a teaching hospital. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, that's horrifically embarrassing for Bart because he has a weird butt, as everyone knows. Um, so Bart is now in a wheelchair, at least for the time being, as his butt is but as his butt is healing, and unfortunately. But unsurprisingly, Springfield Elementary is not ADA compliant. Shocking. Shocking. Very shocking. However, because it requires a bunch of uh, contracting work, Fat Tony just shows up conveniently. Funny that. Well, of course, you know, for, you know, certain legal complications, uh, the trucks are always rolling. So, so is Fat Tony. <laughs> So he, he just he has his has ear out the window always for construction projects. So he uh, he agrees with with Skinner. I don't know how Skin Skinner doesn't quite agree with it. It just kind of starts happening, and they build ramps, lots of ramps, and it is time for the grand opening of the ramps. This is a proud day. Now, when people ask if we're in compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1975, I can say we are closer than ever before. Thank you. To inaugurate our ramp system, here's the first of what I hope will be many disabled students, Bart Simpson. What the? Bart, where's your wheelchair? Don't need it anymore. Doctor says my butt bone's stronger than ever. Ta-da! Well, at least we're prepared for the new millennium. My God, the whole thing's made of breadsticks. And paint and shellac. It's all itemized in this bill. $200,000, are you mad? I don't get mad. I get stabby. The good news is we need no longer fear vicious mob reprisals. But due to lack of funds, Springfield Elementary is closed forever. Yay! Oh, you're cheering now, but someday... Yay! I'm just going to stop trying. Yay! See, I feel like 
a school of Springfield Elementary size, two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Let's not, you know, lay that through. But I mean, when you think about it, that's what five or six teachers' salaries. I, I mean, th- they could probably just, you know, cut back a little and survive something like that. It's not like it was a million dollar project. Matt, mm. this episode holds together pretty well as it is. Well, I do not want to start if we start inserting variables in here. So, but Robbie, that's my point. That's my job in the podcast is to poke holes in bad uh, no, logic. No, it's it's fine. Springfield, I mean, they have to buy mulch, Matt. Come on. Like, it's ob- like th- this is not the first time that Springfield has, Springfield Elementary has had to cut corners. I, it's true. I, $200,000 isn't, isn't a lot for a normal school, but in Springfield, their budget is razor thin. Oh, that's true. In Springfield, the teachers are only making minimum wage. Yeah, no, nah, I. Mm, I'm not even sure they're making that. That's true. You never know. The teacher union in Springfield is uh, a little lacking. But now we go to commercial. The school's shut down for now. School is shut down. That's right. And when we come back, uh, we see at a PTA meeting that it's not even at the school. It's just in somebody's house where they're discussing the terrible, terrible ideas they have to get the school back up and running. How could you close the school? What will become of our kids? Where are the refreshments? Now you keep asking me that, and I keep telling you over there. As for the school, we are exploring various options to raise the $200,000 we need. Now, I've got a motorhome I never use. Maybe we should raffle it off. Maybe you should shut up. Well, I... Okay. We could try selling liquor. Uh, I'm doing great. Please, sir, put some shoes on. What, you don't like my bags? People, these are all good ideas. No, they're not. They're terrible, terrible ideas. You're right. It's hopeless. No one has that kind of money. What about Mr. Burns? Maybe he'll help us out. Forget it. He releases the hounds in every charity that comes to his door. Feed the children, save the whales, even release the hounds. Uh, Well, maybe we can pry open his wallet with a slick professional pitch. A school play. So, yes. uh, One, apparently Flanders is open to just giving away his RV. Uh, That seems, like, incredibly generous. That's what Jesus would do, man. That's true, but Flanders doesn't always do what Jesus would do. I feel like Flanders is a little more judgy than I imagined Jesus would be. There's nothing. Hey, there's no one saying that Flanders is also not judging them as he gives away the RV. That's true. Uh, also, I, I don't think Mo was doing too well selling liquor. And, and where would a school sell liquor? Was there a bar out in the back corner of the school that they can just, just sell liquor out of? Out front. Oh, well, that's true. It's Springfield. Out front is fine. In the cafeteria. Yeah, show ID to get your lunch. Sure. That works. Yeah. I mean... So, yes. High school... High school... My high school would have done quite fine in liquor sales if it was That's there. true, but you lived out in the middle of nowhere, so... What is that? That that only reinforces my argument, Matt. There's... It, it, it's... it's Exactly. Springfield. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're 100% right. No, but Springfield is not a thriving metropolis. It is a tiny, t- tiny town. People in the country have nothing to do but drink. I know. That's what I'm saying. Springfield's a that's, tiny that's town. What that's what I'm also saying. Well, I'm glad that you agree with me. I do. I would 100% agree with you anyway. Uh, so, yes. Uh, then the kids. Uh, so uh, Skinner has decided they're going to do a school play uh, for Mr. Burns to get him to donate money. 
uh, it is a great school play, but a lot of it is very visual, so I didn't bother capturing it. Uh, we see that uh, basically everyone is dumb. Apparently, Mr. Burns gets rat poison put in his food. Uh, then Nelson can't make it to school because he can't read a map because his school closed. And then Ralph, as Dr. Stupid, cuts off his head uh, in attempting to get to his liver bones. I, uh, of I... course— this is all fantastic. I want to make sure this, it's, it's, on this the is on the record. This is the best parts of the entire episode. It's very good. I want more of this school play. I want more school plays in general, especially ones that are so blatantly uh, manipulative. But it works. Uh, Mr. Burns is very uh, spoken to uh, by this play until it gets to the point where they ask him for the money. Uh, of course, that's the point he goes to the trap doors, which he didn't release the hounds. So this is a very minor uh, kick out. Uh, unfortunately, the trap doors are doing that thing again where the trap door and the floor opens up and somehow everyone comes falling through the ceiling. They just do that from time to time. It's a trap door thing. If you have them, you know. They just start doing sending people weird places. It's a real danger. It's a real danger with trap doors. You got to make sure maintenance is up to date. Uh, but, you know, he still doesn't give them the money, so the school is is, is pretty much screwed. Uh, luckily for the community, I guess, uh, a, a local company uh, steps in to open the school back up because that's what happens when the government falls down. A you can just always count on capitalism to come to the rescue uh, of local schools. Kid first industries, in fact, doesn't even sound perfect. Kid first industries, you know that they're going to put the kids' well-being ahead of anything else, including profits, right, Robbie? I mean, I always put the children first, and you would expect a corporation who illegally is a person to do the exact same thing. I mean, the guy's... And they do. The guy's name is Jim Hope, man. Exactly. I want to point this out uh, specifically, because this is an easy comparison to uh, Larry Kidkill, <laughs> where, hey, you're you're trying to sell this corporation as being secretly shady. You want to insinuate that they are... Obviously, they're probably shady. You don't need, like, evidence of it because they're a company and they're paying for something out of their own pocket. And obviously would not do that unless they get something out of it in return. But they want the appearance of reputable, of, of reputableness. I'm searching for a word I can't find. But you, so the guy's name, the leader, the president or whatever, played by Tim Robbins, Jim Hope. Perfect. Perfect. Because it's so good. It sounds phony by being too good which is what you want exactly you don't want the guy named larry kid kill that's true you want the guy named hope because that is a believable thing someone who works for a corporation would name themselves in order to trick people into trusting him yes perfect much better they've shown improvement yeah. matt you got to applaud you have to applaud when you have to you know positive reinforcement you give them a treat when they do yeah. do well Exactly. So, you know, 15 seasons later, actually more, was 18, 19 seasons later, they're totally going to learn from this, right? Sometimes. Once in a while. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, uh, at this point, we see the kids go back to school, and they're they're not happy. You know, the kids, they're in school. But the new guy, Jim Hope, he gets it, man. He He's the one who says, yeah, your old school wasn't fun. We're going to make school super fun. And you know how? We're going to talk about toys. <laughs> Since Christmas is coming soon, I thought we could talk about our favorite toys. Millhouse, what have you got there? My busy box. It's got everything. I'm calling Daddy. Good for you, not being bound by the recommended age. What are you talking about? Oh, jeez. How about the rest of you? What do you like about those toys of yours? They're special. They're challenging. 
Very good. Now I want you all to imagine the perfect toy. What would it be like? It should be soft and cuddly. Yeah, with lots of firepower. Its eyes should be telescopes. No, periscopes. No, microscopes. Can you come back to me? It should be full of surprises. It should never stop dancing. It should need accessories. Now that's market research you can take to the bank. The money bank. I just wish those second graders would stop jerking us around. Fun toys are fun. Well said, Ralph. But we're trying to come up with a name for a toy. Mrs. Fun? Not bad. Fun? Ralph, there are no right or wrong answers, but if you don't pipe down, I'm giving you an F. The before teacher yelled at me, too. Oh, so we have learned. It turns out this corporation is just doing market research, uh, which I, I have to imagine running a school is probably cheaper than the actual market research real companies do. But thankfully, we usually don't allow them to do that unless they, you know, pay a little extra bonus. I mean, this, in a, hey, also, Matt, like you said, makes sense. Like, it is cheaper just to run a school, probably. Probably. Especially when it's crappy as Springfield Elementary, who only needs $200,000 to get back up and running. Exactly. So, I, yeah. Although, makes I, sense. I did gloss over the fact that the Kid First Industries uh, fired all the old teachers and gave them a wonderful severance package of a bunch of oranges, which were Valencia's, which are juice oranges. So, don't, obviously, don't try to eat the oranges. You have to juice them because they don't have a lot of good structure inside. But they're still pretty good if you like fresh orange juice. Anyway. Uh, after Ralph almost gets an F from the 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 new teacher as well as the before teacher, uh, Lisa gets in trouble for actually doing math because in the new school there's no room for actual learning. That's that's crazy. Uh, actual learning would make you an educated consumer, which what no one wants. Venn, no one wants educated. Venn diagrams, what kind of Venn diagrams that you think Lisa's making there, Matt? Uh, I don't know. Uh, things Lisa enjoys. This class, there is no overlap. Oh, I guess. See what you did there. Exactly. Uh, so, yes, uh, Lisa is obviously suspicious of all this because she's an intelligent person with probably a fifth grade education at this point. Uh, she realizes that, hey, uh, this sounds way more like market research than, you know, actual schoolwork. Uh, so she's, uh, you know, she's going to go do some crazy stuff. Uh, Bart, of course, is happy. Uh, with all this thing because he's all he has to do is give his opinion and people treat him like he's intelligent because having an opinion means you're a very intelligent person right that's that's all intelligent is is, is having an opinion whether it's well informed or not you may notice i'm not answering your question huh? okay good good Whew, i'm glad to be right here uh, me and bart we're on we're on the same same team yeah uh but luckily uh for lisa if he's if lisa's gonna go throw a spaz bart's gonna hop in there and help her out because, you know, he's he's that kind of guy. Uh, so they go to the school and start poking around. And it turns out that uh, behind the chalkboard is uh, or that actually the chalkboard is now a two way mirror, uh, which she noticed earlier from the, the light coming through. And she finds a secret spying room where people are obviously keeping track of everything that was going on in class today. She even finds the names that she said written down uh that so obviously the people from kid first injuries are spying on them i mean we all saw this now lisa gets basically proof of that uh but uh there's at a, this point there's also a skeletal toy which we don't know the name of yet but there's the robot the, the prototype funzo uh who attacks lisa <laughs> which basically it just it just falls on her and she runs away screaming and that's how we back and go to commercial it falls on her it attacks by falling um when I come back, Lisa obviously wants to show her parents and Chief Wiggum that, hey, this 
company is secretly nefarious and they are spying on us and we should at least know about this before we agree to take their money. Um, but, unfortunately, the room that was just there is now gone. Oh, it's an actual broom closet. Oh, no. It's just a broom closet. Uh, I, I Here's my assumption. There was some sort of alarm was set off uh, and some people came back and fixed everything so that they wouldn't find the secret spying room. They put a false wall in that broom closet. Well, I'm sure. It's actually just a picture. They, they, they didn't even go into the room. They just saw that it was fake and were like, oh, no, what's going on? But, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like in Mr. Impossible Ghost Protocol when they have that wall that keeps track of what you're looking I, at. I, and have not, I have not seen that film. Oh, it's actually quite good. I don't. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is great as an actor. Just, you know, not as a person. See, there's a here's a thing that I, I heard. Matt, I forget which is a stand-up bit. I forget which stand-up it was. I'm sure someone will tell me. But it it's revealed, like, you look at, when you see Tom Cruise act, he's not acting. He's just Tom Cruise. And That's true. Tom Especially Cruise, for the mission. And Tom Cruise is crazy. So I don't, I don't, now I just see, I now I know that it is just Tom Cruise and it's just him. He's just a crazy person. And I don't, I don't need to contribute to that in my life. Especially for kind of just nondescript action movies, like Live Die Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Sure, hey, that's some. That's I. I like science fiction, Groundhog Day. I'll take that. But I don't just for like spy stuff. No, no thanks. Um, so no evidence. Uh, Chief Wiggum does do his Ed Sullivan impr- impression. It's not bad once he gets into it. The kids are watching the Krusty Holiday special when they see a commercial for a brand new toy. Well, folks, that's the end of Krusty's non-denominational holiday fun fest. I want to thank my guests, Taya Leone, Beck, the Dixie Chicks. Merry Christmas, y'all. And Patrick Ewing as the genie. So have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Quasi Kwanzaa, a tip-top tet, and a solemn, dignified Ramadan. Now a word from my god, our sponsor. I see you. Oh. Give me a hug. Huh? That's the doll that attacked me. This Christmas, everybody wants Funzo. Funzo? I said that name in class. Funzo's soft and cuddly. With lots of firepower. Oh. Oh. Yes. Ha-ha! Funzo! 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 If you don't have Funzo, you're nothing. Mom, I know what I want for Christmas! Bart, they lied to us. Instead of giving us an education, they tricked us into designing a toy. Aren't you outraged? No, but if you're gonna throw a spaz, I'll come with. Good. Saddle up the bikes. Joe, just so you know, that voice, when all you're doing is hearing it, is incredibly disturbing. Like When you see it, you see the cute and fuzziness that is Funzo, but just hearing that voice is, is terrifying. Um, I won the, the list of holidays, the non-denominational holidays show that Krusty is, is hosting. The, the, mm-hmm. Him wishing all those individual uh, religions and, and, and holidays well. It's a line that is stuck in my brain. <laughs> I say it all the time. Um and you think they I mean, we'll see in a second. They still lease his name. True. Funzo is a pretty good name for a toy, honestly. 
It is. It's got fun in the name, obviously, uh, but it's just a little bit of a tweaking in the Zoe, which is a fun sound to say. It is, so a, it is a fun sound. kind of perfect, actually. It is, it is pretty it's good. It's sad that Simpsons stole it, so it couldn't go to a real toy. I mean, you this this is 1999, Matt. You're, it's 20 years later. You we can you can steal it. They don't have the they don't own the rights to Funzo in a, as a real object. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but then all those hardcore Simpsons fans will just call them out for being you know are copycats. You, are you kidding me, Matt? All the hardcore Simpsons fans would go buy it. <laughs> That's true, especially if it's the same type of toy. Yeah, they would absolutely just buy it in the instant. If I made Funzos tomorrow, there'd be a line of people pre-ordering it. So. Now they know, oh, they made a toy using our the, the market research that we gave them. So they go to Kid First Industries to try and I don't I don't really know why they're going. I guess just to be angry, to, to yell at the president, I guess. I don't know really why Lisa's going. I mean, it's Lisa. You don't really need a real like she's her outrage is usually enough. Um, They get there. Gary Coleman makes his first appearance in the show. As a security guard. Who's talking to nobody on the phone. I I don't have a problem with Gary Coleman's performance. Because he's Gary Coleman. I mean, he, he is himself, so it totally works. I, I, as a, as a person who had, he had multiple, you know, incidents and problems with his mental health. I feel like it's the thing that, it doesn't make me laugh at, in the episode considering he's passed since also like i just it makes me go hmm, i'm sorry gary coleman i wish you i wish you had a better life after your television career yeah i mean was this before or after that video came out of him uh, acting as a security guard and jumping on somebody's car i'm fairly certain this was after okay because that would make sense yeah. i would hope it was after yeah that was 1998 it was before it was remarkably prescient it was 1998 yeah and that's the thing like he also the fact that he had money troubles for much of his later life uh like yeah. just tells me oh yeah he got a paycheck that's why he's doing this he does not yeah you know, he he does a good job i i i i i do appreciate the counterpart to this insanity that they display on him later on where he's like a sensible person um which is unusual for guest stars yes so they sneak past gary coleman uh, and Lisa confronts Lindsay Nagel and Jim Hope about what happened. Lisa, I know you're mad, but just for a damn minute, try to see this from a product positioning standpoint. Do you have any idea how much pressure we're under to come up with the new Furby or Tickle Me Elmo? And thanks to you, Funzo is the first doll designed by children for children with all the profits going to children. Really? Yeah, well, we're all somebody's children. But hey, we did screw you a little, so here's a free Funzo. Deal! Eh, <laughs> brother. And I want Funzo's Dream Fortress, Funzo's Lower Back Pain Chair, Funzo's European Voltage Converter. Why not get three? <gasps> three it is. <laughs> Thanks, Funzo. You rock. All righty. It's always a party with Funzo. I admit it's kind of cute, but it'll never take the place of Malibu Stacy. Oh! Did you see that? Yeah! Funzo makes playtime fun! Hey, why is it destroying other toys? They must have programmed it to eliminate the competition. You mean like Microsoft? Exactly! Come on, Bart, we've got to warn everyone! Joke still works. 
Which joke? Microsoft. Oh, that's that's true. Especially after the news came out today that the, apparently now if you in the October update coming up for Windows 10, if you try and install Chrome or Firefox, it says, wait, don't you want to use Edge? And you have to actually click away from that in order to continue installing a competing browser. Like, come on. Didn't you learn from this 20 years ago? I mean, also, like, go ahead. It's, it still works, man. It does still work, unfortunately. Also, this episode has one of my favorite cop-out lines of all time. Like, hey, we're all somebody's kids. That is exactly the kind of thing I expect to hear from every corporate executive ever. Hey, yeah, we're all kids. Um, Funzo, I, one, that thing has a pencil sharpener. Very useful. It's kind of dangerous. Why would it be dangerous? It, he's smart enough not to let kids put their finger in there or whatever. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Funzo seems pretty dang smart, man. That's true, but, you know. And Funzo has that jaunty music that plays whenever someone tells him he rocks. Oh, dear. Yep. You don't like it? It's okay. It's very 90s. I mean, it. yeah, it, Funzo is very 90s. You know, Funzo is just, oh. uh, yeah, we haven't said it. Funzo is Furby. We, yeah, everyone knows uh, if you are alive for when the Furby craze struck. My, I was old enough not to want a Furby, but my sister definitely did want a Furby and got one, for that matter. Wow, I'm glad I was I was too old for that. Furbies were not nearly as cool as Funzo is, though. Funzo's way cooler than Furby. Go Funzo, you rock. It makes playtime fun, man. I sure it does. I'm sure a lot of people use them as listening devices or just computer hacking projects. I'm sensing reticence. You don't seem like you're on Team Funzo. Uh, not particularly, no. Which is weird because I have an Amazon Alexa sitting right next to me in two Google Homes. So I, I apparently have something listening to me all the time. But, you know, Fonzo goes over the line because it's it's too cutesy. That's why I like him. So Lisa and Bart are trying to warn people, don't get Fonzo. Fonzo will destroy everything. He's dangerous. Unfortunately, it is too late because everyone in town wants Fonzo so bad, they start a riot. Oh, that shy little imp. I have a flower for Ooh. Oh, man, I got to get me one of those. Hey, I'm not waiting till the store opens. <laughs> wow, only 22 seconds from muttering to door smash. That projects to a profit of $370 million. I'd still sleep a little easier if I saw some trampling. Ow, 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 hey, ow. Now, why would you wear cleats to a store? Well, I guess that's it. Come Christmas Eve, there'll be a Funzo under every tree. Unless... So, who am I beating up? Nobody. You're just gonna break into everyone's house and steal their favorite toy. Thus saving Christmas. Now, let's see. This'll make three Christmases I saved versus eight I ruined. Two were kind of a draw. Dad, Dad, you're driving on the sidewalk! Sorry! I mean, that's like a... What was it three eight and two not still not a great record homer no no homer really needs to step it up so homer bart and lisa are now going from house to house stealing the funzos uh bart and lisa are distracting the people inside while homer does his dirty deeds and it includes one of my favorite scenes in the episode while where bart and lisa are singing christmas carols while homer makes a lot of noise Silent 
raising funzos in my sack makes me happy, makes me hurt my back. Just dump them in the fire, Dad. Yes, the madness ends here. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I've heard that. I'm very mad at you. The singing is so good. I love it. Yeah. The 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 the, the volume that they just get louder and louder and louder. Oh, it's perfect. It's beautiful. Um also Honestly, the Simpsons writers did a great job of designing this toy. It is exactly as annoying as a real one. Team Funzo, Matt. Uh they they get they get burned up. Uh they make those terrible creepy noises. And then Gary Coleman shows up. Um you would think to reclaim these Funzos or punish these ne'er-do-wells who stole these toys. Uh, but instead, they have a productive discussion on capitalism and its role in our consumerist holidays. Well, what do we have here? Looks like the biggest ripoff since Webster. Oh, please, Mr. Coleman, we can explain. I'm listening. Your toy company is evil. Well, isn't it possible for an evil company to make people happy? Are you saying the end justifies the means? That's a very glib interpretation. Hey, don't talk to my sister that way. No, Bart, he's right. I did oversimplify. Perhaps, but let's not get bogged down in semantics. I think what Lisa meant to say is... And so, Gary Coleman and the Simpsons argued long into the night. And then, as day broke, the spirit of the season entered their hearts. Let's just agree that the commercialization of Christmas is at best a mixed blessing. Amen. Intelligence, Matt. I know. It's weird that they actually allow a person to display their actual intelligence. And, like, that sounds like how Lisa would talk, right? Yeah. Crazy. Character-based comedy. <laughs> what? Uh, comedy can't come from character? Uh, I know. Uh, so, they. this is the Christmas episode, so they are about to wrap everything up, but... They then invite Gary Coleman to Christmas dinner, and he accepts, and they have a proper Christmas ending. And Gary Coleman was as good as his word. As for old Mr. Burns, he was visited by three ghosts during the night and agreed to fund the school with some money he found in his tuxedo pants. Thank you, thank you, humbug. While Moe, seeing what the world would be like if he had never been born, pulled his head out of the oven and replaced it with a plump Christmas goose. Yeah, happy holidays, dear. Merry Christmas, Moe! Uh, listen, I kind of banged up that Jeep in the driveway. What you talking about, Moe? <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, everyone? That's how the show ends. Yeah, it's weird. I... Uh, the the island episode. Uh, what's it called? You're gonna have to be a little bit dos bus. Dos bus. Yes, thank you. Uh, I really hated the end of that. The way it just. Oh, let's say mo. But this I'm okay with. My brain doesn't make any sense. Robbie, help me out here. I mean, I'm. I'm this may hurt you a little bit, Matt. But you like comfortable, soft, warm ideas that you're familiar with. I suppose so. Because that's, that's, that's true. I especially is... like the fact that Mr. Burns had $200,000 in his tuxedo pocket. Because that's one of the things I really enjoy about the show is Mr. Burns' fluctuating wealth. And because that's what Dust Bus is. This is this trope that Dust Bus is kind of playing at. That is, they're kind of subverting with their weird ending is there are so many, like, so many television, film, 
all, everything that ends with a tidy narrator wrap up. Oh, it's nice and everything's happy, happily ever after. We're all nice. And then turn to the camera and say, thanks, everybody. Happy, you know, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And that's what this is ending is. Um, I, I, I think the ending is fine. It's not my favorite part of the episode, but character based, character based writing and humor, a plot that makes sense from beginning to end. The characters acting as themselves, characters behaving in character, no jerk Homer, no crazy zany third act action sequence. Well, I mean, them going to everyone's house and stealing is kind of like that. It's it's, not zany. It's not zany. It's not super cartoon. It's not like Looney Tunes. It's the kind of thing that you would see in a regular sitcom, maybe kind of sort of, but it's The Simpsons, so it fits better. And the episode doesn't have like even the thing the beginning act that is setting up the plot is concerned about the school and then the second the 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 act two is segueing between the school and the toy and and the in the christmas aspect of the of the episode and yeah the third act has nothing to do with the school but because the second act has the the melding of this toy company and the school segueing into the toy focused climax it works. It makes sense. There's no weird plot elements coming in out of left field. The episode is about something. It's about, you know, consumerism and Christmas. And they even confront that fact and have like a a, a, a fun, strange discussion about it with Gary Coleman in front of the fire while they're burning these toys. Like, it feels it's like a Simpsons episode. It feels right. Um, I really like it. It's definitely better than the last few episodes. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I think it works. I think all the guest stars do a good job. Even Gary Coleman. I, I don't agree with his all his portrayal in the episode, but it's a minor tid, minor uh, minor nitpick. This episode is good, I would say. It, it works. It's funny. I like it. I like Funzo. Team Funzo. Yeah, it's weird because I remember really not liking this episode uh back when i saw it the very first time uh and watching it this time probably because i i I do a lot of like watching uh older episodes on shuffle so you know it'll be like a season eight episode and then a season 11 episode and then a season four episode so i guess compared to those earlier seasons it was a letdown in my memory but honestly watching them all you know beginning to end this episode is way better than the rest of season 11 (laughs) so far so far we don't know maybe we'll you know we'll track it as we go um we'll rank it at the end of the show no submissions for this for my favorite episode but this episode is certainly not broken we do not need to fix it it works no argument here it works uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for comments on the news group okay here we are alt.nerd.obsessive comments on the news group Sorry, I comb through the old Alta TV that Simpsons do script, see what people were talking about with where when the episode debuted, what they thought of the episode. Mm, very positive, man. I'm surprised because usually we don't really agree, uh, but this is the episode where where everyone's just kind of happy about it. There's there you know there's some more negative reviews, but nothing, no no overtly bad, hateful reviews, which are they do happen uh so i i again pulled i pulled an example of the best and example of the worst uh the first the good certainly different in spirit from the other three christmas specials this one focused on wacky gags though even really attempting sentiment still i think it worked i don't mind wackiness as long as it's not completely awkward 
Rather, in fact, I rather like it at times, and this episode flowed pretty well. Sure, the premises were somewhat ridiculous, but they were carried through very well, and, and there were some very clever moments. The ending was also well done with some nice parodies, as well as the closure of the school's funding problem. Sure, other people found plenty of problems with it, and some of them might be quite valid criticisms, valid criticisms but I liked it. A. The bad review. The weakest of all the Christmas episodes, this is a tepid and forgettable, if inoffensive, entry that ranges from the conventional pre-commercial cliffhangers with irony to the derivative. Evil children's depart- entertainment companies with their evil robots and see-through mirrors, deep voice rushed, including narration. It doesn't provide one real laugh. All the characters seem more or less likable and familiar, but their adventures are watered down. Gary Coleman's cameo would have been better if he didn't pointlessly come back at the end. Also, the writers should realize that satire loses its bite when you accuse the establishment of doing things that have never happened and make no sense. Wait, what? What was never happened and make no sense? Was it was it the, corporations the, basically the, spying on people? Yes, Matt. That never. I'm sure, that's happened a lot. No, that never happens. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, no, you're right. You're right. That's crazy. It's crazy. They would. They love us. They care about us. They would not spy on us and use that information <sighs> to market to us. Uh-huh. They certainly aren't listening to this conversation right now, and will not be marketing. You know, Furbies to me tomorrow. Whatever on my Instagram. They definitely they probably are. not. I mean, they're not listening to your part. They're definitely listening to my part. I mean. I have a phone sitting next to me, Matt. You have a what? I have an iPhone sitting next to me. Yeah, but they're not listening to you all the time. That would be terrible for your battery life. You don't have terrible battery life, do you, Robbie? I'm. Hey, Matt. I'm not gonna. I'm not a generally a conspiracy theorist person. I want facts and evidence before I believe anything. But the amount of times that I have gotten ads in my Instagram for things that I've never that I've not typed out on my phone that I've not even said in phone calls, only said in the presence of my phone. The fact that it's happened a dozen times now, I'm, you know, fool me, fool me 11 times, shame on, shame on, shame on you. Fool me 12 times, shame on me. That's true, because, you know, technically, I, I think even the, the iPhones are okay with their better security model, uh, that when you have your Instagram feed open, if you are actually speaking, they could be using the microphone. So it's distinctly possible. It's a lot of very convenient, con- I don't know, I don't. It's not like I have pictures of the things I don't. I've really thought about it, and there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, it seems like I'm like, oh, you're. I don't know if that seems a little conspiracy theorist, but I'm not. Apple is a giant, monstrous, evil corporation that I give a lot of money to anyway. So I don't. I'm not gonna put anything past them. Um, there is also a breakdown of the holidays included in Krusty's non-denominational holiday special, <laughs> which I thought I'd read because I it's. It's interesting and educational. Uh, Christmas, obviously, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, who is obviously the focal point of the whole religion, but you probably already knew that. Hanukkah celebrates two things. First, the miraculous victory of Jewish guerrilla forces over the Greco-Syrians. Secondly, the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem, when one day's supply of oil for the temple menorah lasted the eight days needed to prepare new oil. Uh, Kwanzaa, holiday celebrating African culture and values. Each day a candle representing a different value, like community or self-determination, is lit, and educational toys are given to the children. Tet. It's the Vietnamese New Year and the major holiday on their calendar. It's combined solemn and joyous aspects in America associated with the notorious Tet Offensive in the Vietnam War. And finally, Ramadan. The Muslim holiday, don't hold me this, but I think it was something to do with the month leading up to Muhammad's, re- Muhammad's receive the Quran from Allah. As Krusty mentions, Ramadan is a solemn holiday. Observers must fast between sunrise and sunset. And I also make no claims that this is entirely accurate. But it... it Man, life must have been rough before Wikipedia. <laughs> you I, can't go on the internet and look stuff up. I mean... I, do you? I, my fam, my parents were relatively progressive for their time, for their age, for their generation. I I never heard the words 
Ramadan, Tet, Kwanzaa, or Hanukkah anywhere but The Simpsons. That's true. Okay? And I didn't watch the news when I was 10. So, yeah, I and no one was teaching me about Ramadan in school. Or Tet, even, for that matter. We didn't mean, I don't even know if we covered the Vietnam War in, in history class. No, no, no. We weren't allowed because our history books were written in the 60s. So, you know, obviously they couldn't uh, cover anything that happened, you know, after they were written. Yes, probably. Uh, but that's that's it. Little, a little lesson. I apologize if those are inaccurate. I They seem to pass the smell test to me of what I know about them. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is the most cartoonish sequence? Uh, lots of very good answers. First from David, Homer jumping Springfield Gorge and falling again and again and then doing it all over. Uh, Holly, go crazy. Don't mind if I do. The animations, the sounds and the scene are some of my favorites. Come eat it gold. Uh, Jesse, Homer trying to learn Krusty's bicycle trick. He does swallow that bicycle at the end, which mm-hmm. not uh, Nick. The only one that comes quickly to mind is Homer falling down the Springfield Gorge in Bart Daredevil. It's literally straight up a Looney Tunes sketch. Even the jumping the gorge and falling before the other side is straight up uh, Wiley Coyote. Uh, Jason, when Homer shows Bart, it's okay to have pills, and he spazzes out. No one, anyone, would actually react like that. The animation itself looked very cartoon looking. Uh, the animated TV blog at animated TV blog. Homer's stone sequence from the infamous pot episode. Uh, the professor at Yes I Would Kent says that's the way we'll see. That's the last we'll see of of Mr. Trampoline. Yep, it's finally gone. This for a cartoon. Cliff would break off now. Alex, A.K. Whatever Man, Homer hurrying off and leaving a Homer-shaped cloud of dust would be up there. Uh, wide right and blue at wide right and blue. Classic Homer gorge jump and tumble. James at James the Great twenty two season eighteen GI annoyed grunt when the drone followed Homer around the house. Uh, Zach at Zach Babbins. It's one of the most sublime moments in TV history, but the sideshow Bob Rake scene. It is. It is. It is. It is. Brian Kelly uh, at Hey Brian Kelly. When Lisa goes on that trip in the dentist's office and literally the Beatles pass by her and crash into the queen. <laughs> Should get out of the way. Employee a million at O Benjamin. I'd have to say the land of chocolate, but in a good way. Matt, what is your answer? Uh, I want to go with uh, Homer's uh, replication of Krusty's trick. Uh, I just not a specific instance of it, uh, but over the, the course of the episode, the crazy wacky things that happen to him, like when he go, tries to go through the first time and it, like the the ramp collapses around him. That just that's obviously not possible unless it's made of like paper mache or plastic or something that was heated up. Uh, but then when they succeed and then swallowing it, that's that's a lot of fun. I, I just really enjoy that. I have two answers, man. Oh, are you allowed to have two answers? I don't know. I This is my show. I can do whatever I want. Uh-huh. My first answer is Trambapapapapaline. Trambapaline. Trambapaline. Yeah, it is incre- like it is purposefully cartoonish. Um, and it obviously is it it really cleverly subverts our our expectations of uh, Looney Tunes style cartoonishness. Um, my second answer is a bad example, meaning one I hate, and it is the elf jockeys. From oh God! Galactica. That is just the worst. Oh, it's very, it's and that's the bad cartoonishness. Like there, there's a good, and there's a bad, because of the how clever the Trembopoline is, and how insane tro- like, elves showing up 
in the middle of his no at the end of a Simpsons episode out of nowhere. Uh, not 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 a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. Our next week's question: What is the favorite guest star that you've forgotten about? Because I know that's kind of a trick question, but I after this episode, I did not remember Tim Robbins is in it. I knew that there was a guy who was who led the toy company. I did not remember it was Tim Robbins, and neither did I. There's a lot of guest stars like that throughout the years where you go, oh right, he was on the show and he was good, or she was good, or that whatever. They that they, they did a good job. I just forgot that it was them. Maybe even because they did such a good job, I didn't really think of them as themselves. Or maybe their voice isn't super iconic, like Tim Robbins. I don't really you don't really think of his voice as very particular. Like, hey, what's Tim Robbins' voice sound like? Like a guy. Yeah, a guy that's kind of kind of huckstery a little bit, but not terribly so. It is a very generic white guy voice. Yeah, I like Tim Robbins. Um, so that's next week's question. What was your favorite guest you've forgotten about? I'll post this question on social media, facebook.com slash the Simpson show pod on Twitter at Simpson show pod. And you can email us at Simpson show pod at gmail.com. Uh, reach out, like us, follow us, all those things. We can move on that to our next segment. It is time for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. Try and stump the other. Uh, this season's contest, I'm winning by eight points. As of as of today. As of now. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Give me an easy question, Matt. All right, so your easy question. Who is the daredevil Bart tries to emulate in Bart the Daredevil? Be Lance Murdoch. You are correct, sir. These are all from Homer Badman. Ooh. Your easy question, Matt. What is the prized candy Homer steals from the candy convention? Uh, the gummy Venus de Milo. That is correct. All right, your medium question. In Homer at the Bat, what is the final fate of Wade Boggs? He is knocked unconscious by Barney after they argue about prime ministers. I don't know if that counts. That's what the last thing I remember happening to him. I believe you are correct. Oh, sad face. Lord Palmerston, Matt. <laughs> Pit the Elder. Pit the Elder. You mean a question, Matt? Where were the tickets to the candy trade show hidden? Uh, in, uh, okay, um, oh man, it was hidden in a crusty club bars and crusty club bars with almonds. Maybe a little bit more detail. More detail. How freak frequently were they hidden? Oh, um, hmm. How frequently? You're getting really specific with these medium questions. How frequently? Oh, give me a second here. I mean, it's just it's a number, Matt. I know. Let's say every thousand bars. I'm sorry, Matt. <sighs> it's every millionth crusty. Cr- Every millionth, my hidden, goodness. Hidden in every millionth crusty clump bar and crusty clump bar with almonds. However, I will give you a point. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was a whole almonds thing. That's what kicked it over, right? You got both the bars. You just got the frequency. You got half the answer. That's mm-hmm. worth a point. What's my hard question? Your hard question. Who actually sang the Michael Jackson parts in Stark Raving Dad? Oh, man. I just saw his name, too, because he was in a recent episode. Um... Yeah, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's like, yeah, I'll be in your episode. I can't sing though. Yeah, it's contracts. And you're like, you know. and you're like, you're like uh, okay. 
Um, oh man, what is his name? I, I remember his first name. What is his last name? It's Kip. Kip, it's there. I'm gonna kill myself. Come on, uh, Kip. Kip Lennon. Okay, I really have to start making these harder. Apparently, I'm just being way too easy on you. It's okay, Matt. Mm-hmm. You do have to make them harder, though. <laughs> Apparently, because you decided that, oh. I, also, I would, again, I would not have gotten that if I had not read his name very recently. Uh-huh. I would. I don't think I would have come up with it. Um, your, your hard question, Matt. What is the name of the candy bar, or candy, that Frank develops and that Homer eats? Oh, God. Um... Something seven seven X four two. Oh man, is that your answer? Yes, you're correct. Wow, <laughs> got lucky on that one. It is seven seven X four two. I wasn't yeah. sure if he had a name plus that or just. I, I, as far as I could tell, it was just. It was like a designation. It wasn't, you know, yeah, because he's a scientist. He doesn't care about. True. It has to be held in a contained in a magnetic field. Yeah, it does until it went to Homer's mouth. Um. So, I, I gained one point on you this week, Matt. Uh, really going to have to start making these a lot harder. I remember uh, the first couple, the first uh, ten seasons, it wasn't too bad, but uh, apparently. Maybe I'm just, like, really smart. Possible. Or maybe you're just putting a lot more effort into finding questions that I can't answer. I'm trying very hard. Yeah, effort. making. I'm making <laughs> an effort all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. that'll, that'll do it for trivia this week. I am up 11 points. I'm at 25 to 16. Uh, we will move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as you watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. This episode's good. It's good. It's it's not like super fantastic, but honestly, it's it's it blows everything else recently out of the water. It definitely, definitely does that. Uh, there's nothing I, nothing else in season 11 so far that can compete um, Brothers Little Helper is the highest uh, highest rated season 11 episode so far I believe where's that one at there's a lot of brothers uh, 115 is where it's at okay okay I, I still think that episode is better I, I think that episode even with the wackiness in the final act hangs together a little better I'm not sure Really, you think so? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think this episode is a little bit tighter than that one. Like it ha like it's still scully ears, it still has kind of wacky zaniness. It has Gary like the, the weird Gary Coleness of it, the weird Gary Colemanness of it. Colemanness. Colemanness of it. The you know, the the fact that it ha like things just happen the the we like the ozone hole that just is suddenly there um there and you know there are still stums there's still stuff there but that doesn't make it bad and frankly like i think the aside from the weird gary colemanness of it uh the only other complaint i would have is that the first and second acts are really really short and the third act is really long like it's 10 minutes the third act is 10 minutes long compared to the first acts first two acts being like five minutes a piece at most and it's a little strange that and it's structurally but 
it hangs together. It makes sense. It it kind of uh, par- satire parodies the, the 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 consumerism of Christmas and the toy stuff, and like it doesn't. It's not like the I I don't even think it's the best Simpsons episode about consumerism and toys, but it does it, and it doesn't do it like in a ham-fisted way. It has characters acting as themselves. It doesn't end with Mark McGuire coming in and acting like Major League Baseball is spying on everyone. I don't know, which I'm yeah. not sure is good. Like, I enjoy it, but I'm not sure if that's good for that episode. Like, you know, that that episode is about Bart having this medicine and the his parents trusting him and all that. But I feel like it's a little less focused than this one is. I think this is actually a pretty well well, well put together episode. How do you do this to me? How do you take an episode that I thought I hated and instead... I'm actually really enjoying this time because like you said, it still has a little bit of satire and it's not nearly as biting as it used to be, but still it's good. I'm in max my character sheet to charisma, Matt. Apparently it's one Simpsons charisma. specifically. Simpsons charisma. I min maxed. I'm an 18 in Simpsons charisma. That's impressive. I mean, that's, that's what a plus three plus four. After, almost. after I win trivia this season, 20. <laughs> whoa you're gonna level up max it out then i gotta go i gotta go find magic items to somehow make my simpsons charisma higher than 20 and then i gotta tune all that man it's gonna be a it's a whole thing that's gonna be my next quest um so i would i would say it's better than brothers little helper is it better than whacking day oh i i can't whacking day is is just great and above that you got bart the murderer you've got burns's heir which is and duffless I can accept that it's better than Brothers Little Helper. I don't know about Whacking Day. You're going to have to do some serious convincing if you think it's better than that. I think our memories of Whacking Day are better than the actuality of Whacking Day. Probably true. Um, also, for I I, I I like Whacking Day. I like Bart the Murderer. I like Burns Air. But I, I would not... I for I know for certain that I don't think this is better than Duffless. I think Duffless is better than Grifter the That's true. I, I would have I fought you. I, I would have flown up there and fought you if you said this is better than Duffless. You know, I... Whacking Day is very memorable. Hmm. We can put it right below Whacking Day. I'm good with that. I I think that's just a matter of personal taste. But I would not. I don't think they're like structurally. I don't think that Grift of the Magi is any worse than Whacking Day. You know, it, it's it's. I think Whacking Day has a lot of it has a lot of charm. It has a lot of Golden Years Simpsons charm because of the way it works. That's because true. It, because it, it, it was a very tight episode. It has and it has Phil Hartman. And it has uh, Homer the Ninja. It does. It has a whacking day, a whacking day. It has the musician's name. I can't remember right now. Um, Barry White. Barry White singing a song to the snakes. Oh, very memorable. But Grift of the Magi, many, multiple memorable lines. Lines I repeat that I remember specifically. And some that I'd forgotten that are very good. Um, yeah. So I applaud Mr. Martin. For his first episode, apart away from, hey, you take I, I'm, you take him away from those other guys from Sunday Credit Sunday, and he makes a good episode. Apparently, let's hope that's a continuing trend. Does he do a lot more episodes? Let's find out. Uh, he only does one other one. It is Pokemon. Okay, that one was not terrible. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I'm. I don't remember it very well. I remember Michael Keaton, and that's kind of it. But we'll, we'll, that's next season. So we'll get there. We will. We will. Um, speaking of, well, actually, let me, let me get the final, 
Let's see. That puts Griffith and the Magi 115 on our list, right below Whacking Day, right above Brothers Little Helper. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still When You Dish Upon a Star. What our next episode is, Matt? Do you do you know what our next episode is? Uh, I don't. Uh, I was all strolling around Wikipedia looking for better questions, and apparently I failed. It is. I believe it is Little Big Mom. Little Big Mom. The leprosy episode. Oh, man. Oh, oh okay. And a f- the fake Lucille Ball is in it as well. What's that? The a fake Lucille Ball is in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the puppets come to life and chase Homer for his donation. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to start drinking this week before <laughs> I watch that episode. I, I, hey, Matt, I remember liking this episode. Well, all right, then. I'm not. I'm not saying it's good. I do remember liking it prior to this yeah but we'll talk about it next time uh you can find this list on our website thesimpsonshow.com links to everything there facebook twitter our rss feed uh our patreon if you want to throw the show a couple dollars help us out help support us help keep the lights on we would appreciate it you can find me on twitter at robbie dorman please check out my other podcast the handsome boys comics hour it's about comic books and the serial fanaticist it's about all kinds of nerdy things. This week's episode is me and Matt talking about Lord of the Rings, specifically The Fellowship of the Ring, the novel uh, by J.R.R. Tolkien. We're one. We're just working our way through fantasy, best-selling fantasy series. So two more books, Matt, for Lord, for some Tolkien. Working is working our way through Two Towers now. Yep, and uh, I know what we're doing next too. Uh oh, I'm not even gonna ask for your permission. We're just gonna. Oh really? I'm make well, it. what if I just say no? You'll do it. You're probably right. <laughs> You're, you'll be curious. Uh, that I I encourage that. Thank you for anyone who does. Matt does not participate in social media. Unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. Uh, that's true. I have decided that uh, in search of a better cell signal, I will climb to the highest mountain in Florida. It's probably like 50 or 60 feet. Uh, so you can find me online. Just go through Robbie. It's easier that way. I don't what? go through Robbie. <laughs> what i'm not a middle man sure you are you can join twitter it's free yeah i can but uh, i'm sleepy go on mastodon even start your own instance of mastodon matt it's <laughs> a good idea our, our very own the uh, simpsons show mastodon instance it's not a bad idea it's a five it bucks. would get people away from twitter which more people need to be away from twitter I think it's like a hundred bucks for a year for your own mastodon instance wow which isn't bad um no. i'm robbie and I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode.